The reviews are in, and we're going to tell you what they are. He's Todd Vandenberg, I'm Rob Steele, and I'm going to be a bit callous on this first story. Because it's <laughs> stupid, that's why. Um, it has to do with an actress named Tanya Roberts. This past Sunday, well, actually it's Tuesday, so it would be the Sunday before that. She was. It was announced all over media you know, social media, media, media. I'm sure there was a newspaper involved and a carrier pigeon, something like that. Yes. It was announced that she was dead. Right. Which is sad. Yes. But then her publisher or publicist or agent or something crawled out from under a rock and said, no, wait, she's not dead yet. And the world said, yay, Tanya Roberts isn't dead. Well, a lot of people, a lot of people also went, who? But that's okay. Tanya Roberts is alive for the next like six hours and then she died again. Yeah. So I, I, I'm sorry if I'm being callous about this. Actually, no, I'm not. But as far as I'm concerned, she died the day she did that, that they released that Bond movie she was in. <laughs> because we have agreed numerous times that uh, A View to a Kill is the worst Bond movie. And that's the one where she was the Bond girl. But pretty, pretty bad. I, I didn't want her to actually die. I wanted her character to die in that movie. That sure. would have improved it drastically. But uh, I didn't want her to die. Apparently she was on that 70s show that I never watched. Yes, same same here. <clears throat> I didn't realize that she was still acting until, until the two obituaries came out. And I, I'm sorry. I, it, her, the fact that she passed is not funny no. at all. But the way it was reported and then reported is what's funny. I mean, her, her boyfriend was, they were interviewing him about her passing, literally in, in mid-interview, and they said, oh, she's not dead after all. And it's like, what the hell? So it's sad that she's dead, but like you said, she's not dead yet. It's like. It's a Monty Python skit. It is Indeed. Uh, it, the only thing that would make it more Monty Python is if she was a parrot. I mean, good Lord. Well, <sighs> in that 70s show, I'm sure she was nailed to that perch for a while. I'm that pretty count? sure she was. It does count indeed. Now you can just watch her on Roku. Indeed. That's my segue you to your new story. Indeed, you can. Roku made a little bit of noise. Uh, Roku's made a couple bits of noise. For one thing, they have over 50 million subscribers. That's kind of a nice big user base, right? Um, <laughs> and, and they're giving away 50. It's like, why don't you give away 50,000 units? But if you have 50 million users, but they're giving away 50 brand new units to celebrate, they have 50 million users, which is not nice. Uh, the big news, though, is that they have acquired the entire catalog of Quibi. Remember the service that we maligned justly so because it was a stupid idea? It's like, oh, let's have a streaming service just for phones. Uh-huh. Right. Um, but they had a lot of a lot of talent involved in some of these programs. Uh, not that I've seen any of it because I wasn't going to spend, what was it, $15 a month to watch movies on your phone when there's millions of streaming services that you can already watch on any format. Oh, plus your phone. So, yeah. So at one point, uh, this was valued at $1.75 billion. It wasn't worth a nickel, clearly, because it's gone. But... Roku has spent, uh, they haven't given the exact terms, but less than $100 million. So 5.7% of their valuation is what Roku 
paid for it. So congratulations to Roku because now they have all of that content, including some content that wasn't even released yet because they went belly up because they were bleeding money faster than a Donald Trump casino. And uh, so good move by Roku because apparently maybe there's some good content there. Uh, But now if you have a Roku or... More to the point, if you have a computer, because you can just go to the Roku channel for free, uh, because this is all going to be free content on Roku. So good move by them. Congratulations on having 50 million subscribers. Congratulations on having an entire new content stream, which is all eventually just going to be on the whatever they're going to call the Quibi channel. Hopefully they have a frame of like an iPhone 3 around it, so you'll know that it's supposed to be on a phone. Uh, But yeah, so that's an interesting Interesting titanic waste of money. $1.75 billion down the drain. I mean, you, you could have spent that on a, I don't know, a Senate campaign in a particular state. It's like, that would have been a lot of fun too. Yeah. So <clears throat> I, I do like the fact that that money is gone. Uh, upcoming things. Ooh, WandaVision is coming up on the 15th. Yes. So that will be exciting. Let's put it this way. Hopefully it will be exciting. We'll find out, right? But First Marvel content in over a year, so huzzah. It's about time. You know, that's going to be on the Disney Plus channel. Yes, it will be on the Disney Plus channel. Disney has a lot of kids' shows. They do. I'm pretty sure they're not going to have this one, though. (laughs) I don't think they'll have this This, one either. This this, this particular (laughs) show. You looked up John Dillerman, didn't you? No, I I realized what you were talking about in pre-pro. Hi, Ted. Hi, Ted. Uh, Um. Denmark Television. <laughs> wow. Um, they have a, a children's television network kind of thing called DR, and it's aimed at entertaining four to eight-year-olds. And they have a new show called John Dillermund, which is a claymation cartoon for children ages four to eight. About a man who looks kind of like Waldo of, you know, where's Waldo fame? Only he has this big mustache. And something else. And, and an enormous. Schwanstuber. Yeah, I'm going there. An enormous, uncontrollable, apparently. Yes. Penis. And by enormous, see, it's like. And it's the same what? color. He's, it's wearing his sweater, which is the red and white striped thing. Yeah. Um, but apparently in the opening credits, you see him using it. As a whip against a lion and twirling it like a helicopter to fly. Um, That's about twenty feet long. So we're not talking like it's. We're not talking John Holmes. No, enormous. And I don't mean the Chief Justice. That would be weird. Um, So yeah, it's uh, (laughs) pretty terrifying that this is a kids' show. And it it, well, the 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 concept behind it is kids have questions about their bodies, and this is supposed to answer some of them. No, it won't. Well, this that one kid, no, the one kid who's got the 20-foot penis, he's going to have a lot of questions, and I'm sure this will help him figure out that he can fly. Sure, why not? Whew. You know, uh, <laughs> Dillerman, D-I-L-L-E-R-M-A-N-D, look it up. Mm. It's... Or don't. Or, have, yeah, you know what, it's... Have you, have, you, have you seen a clip of it? <laughs> I have... <laughs> I have seen the part where it almost gets clipped in the opening credits because it fell into a bush that someone's trimming with a hedge clipper. Yeah. Um, Does that count? Horrifying and kind of weirdly funny, maybe. Uh, Yeah. Holy crap. 
I mean, <laughs> wow. Yes, wow. Wow is the operative term. See, I, I left uh, all the swear words out of this because I know that's where you're going with it. Yes, you, you, you did leave all the swear words out of it. So I'm going to talk about some older programming, but not this one. This is brand new, fresh, fresh from some crazy minds. Uh, so <laughs> there's a series, uh, a limited series, which Netflix has tons of them. Uh, and this one has, happens to be called The History. I'm sorry history of swear words, not the history, just history of swear words, because maybe someone else will have another one. So it is a short, short six-part series. Uh, each episode is only 20 minutes long. That makes it rather nice and bite-sized. So I did not realize they were that short. Yeah, just 20 minutes. So you can, because after all, how, how often, how much can you talk about a word that on the other show, I could use all those words. On this show, I can't. But uh, it starts off talking about... Um, a swear word, which is a euphemism for uh, a, conjugal, a conjugal visit between two, two people and talks about the usage of it and talks about the etymology of it and it has some really interest. I mean, there are professors who are on this. There are uh, psychologists on this. There, there is Sarah Silverman on this. Uh, so all con- people from all over the place, there are, there are rap stars and everything else. Uh, it's hosted, oddly enough, not by Samuel L. Jackson, who you would assume would be hosting anything called History of Swear Words, but they do have a, a pretty darn good substitution. It's, it's Nicolas Cage. Uh, and he's very, very good in this. He's very engaging. Uh, he's very funny. Um, and it's all just done... Uh, clearly in the time of COVID because everyone just does their own little segments. So this was made for this kind of a situation where eh, you just hold up your iPhone and, you know, video yourself for five minutes talking about that bad word or this bad word. So each word focuses on each episode, I should say, focuses on a particular bad word. Uh, the first one is that bad one, which is uh, not fudge from a Christmas story. Uh, the second one is a, a scatological term, which has to do with number two. Uh, the third one is one I can actually say, it's bitch. Uh, so it, they kind of go down in, in level of ferocity, I guess is one way, but it's extremely funny and extremely interesting. So if you're interested in, in just words and where they come from and how we use them, highly recommended. If you just want to laugh at someone saying, a naughty word and a lot of someone saying a naughty word for 20 minutes. It's interesting. Very funny, highly recommended history of swear words. Uh, and, and, and by the way, they reveal the actor who has used swear words more than anybody else in the history of film. And surprisingly, it is not Samuel L. Jackson. You'll have to watch. I know who it is. You'll have to watch to see who it is. Don't reveal it. We'll, we'll talk in post pro to see if you're correct. Cause I, I want people to watch this. I want people to watch this. It, it, it is absolutely not who I would have expected. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't who I expected either. It was very interesting. But it's a super fun show, and it's like, oh, you may actually learn a it's few Dick things. Dick Van Dyke. No, I'm kidding. It is Dick Van Dyke. Well, I mean, my God, his name. I mean, look at it. He's He's kind of got two bad words just in his name alone. It's, but it's really right good. There. Really good stuff. Super funny. Very good choice for for the host. If I mean, if you can't get Samuel L. Uh very nice choice. I mean, honestly, I was really surprised by how fun and engaging Nicolas Cage was. It was really, really cool. So excellent job. See, actually, the, the show, the first show I've got 
Yours. So I've actually got a, I've got a show and a movie, but it's a show and a movie. I'll get to that in a minute. You're a show. It's it's almost impossible to. <laughs> No, it's, it's actually not. I am actually going to look at the Mission Impossible TV series. And I know I've just confused some of you by thinking Mission Impossible, that's a movie series with Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. No, that's based on this TV series that started out in 1966. Because it it's it's not young. It's an old show. But you know mm-hmm. what? It's the same concept. You've got the impossible, impossible, impossible mission force. And they, they're given... All these really bizarre spy espionage um, missions that they have to accomplish. Whether you know, if, if, but you can choose. There, there was that was something that was disappointing. At the beginning of every episode, your main character, and I'll get to him in a minute, gets a. Well, we're we're familiar with this tape will self destruct in five minutes. That's where this comes from. It's not always a tape. Sometimes it's a record. Or a cylinder, or a film. It, it wasn't a tape until later. Anyway, this mission, whether, whether if you choose to accept it, he never didn't choose to accept it. He always did it. Yeah, I would have liked just once to see should. someone else go. <clears throat> I'm doing this one. Um. Anyway, it was a. Everyone's familiar, I think, if you see this with. Uh, Peter Gray is playing James Phelps, the guy who gets the this tape will self-destruct. And he's the leader of the group and puts everybody together at the beginning of the show. But he's not the original lead of the show. And this is really weird because in season one, and this bothered me for a long time, it was a guy named Stephen Hill who played Daniel Briggs. And it was Mr. Briggs who got the, the tape or the record or whatever. And through all of season one, I kept watching it going, Damn, Stephen Hill looks familiar, <laughs> and I'm not placing it at all because he's he's a, a young, fairly good looking guy, chiseled jaw, and what threw me off the most when I figured this out the hair it's the, it's the black hair, <laughs> full head of black hair. And he, I know who he is. He's a nice looking dude, and it never occurred to me that this Stephen Hill later played D.A. Adam Schiff from Law & Order, where he has scant- uh, a few patches of gray hair left. It's the same guy, only young. Holy crap, I didn't expect that. And when did I find this out? When I looked it up for this show, because I kept forgetting. <laughs> so that's freshly in my head. Anyway, Peter Graves plays James Phelps. The two, I think, most underrated actors in this are Greg Morris as Barney the Tech Guy and Peter Lupus as Willie the Strong Guy. They are in more episodes than anybody else. They actually do both do a great job of acting. They are both vital parts of this team because sometimes you can go, we didn't need this guy to go off and do this subplot. But you can't do without Barney and Willie. They've always got to be there. Anyway, kudos to them. Other characters we had pop up, Barbara Bain, who is a great actress. She plays Cinnamon Carter, who was a model slash sex object and whatever else they need her to be for this particular episode. Uh, But she's only in the first three seasons, Uh, as is Martin Landau, uh, who plays Roland Hand, who is an actor and master of disguise and the one who pretty much always has the rubber face that he takes off at some point. Yes. 
That, that's kind of a trademark of Mission Impossible. And I thought this was really interesting that Martin Landau uh, tried out for another show that started in 1966. He tried out for the role of Spock. Yep. Which I, th- I thought that was interesting because he did not get the role of Spock. So he went to do Mission Impossible. And then when he left Mission Impossible after three years, well, Star Trek ended after three years. So they replaced Martin Landau with Spock. Leonard Nimoy came on to do seasons four through seven. Uh, only he didn't play Roland Hand. He played Paris, the guy who does not have a first and or last name because he's logical that way, I guess. I don't he, was, know. he was Sting before Sting. And I oh, do mean dear. the wrestler. Same job, though. Actor, master of disguise. Ooh, look at my rubber mask. Yes. But uh, if you go back to this, it, it's got really good stories. A lot of them seem like they're slow and suspense building. But while they're doing it, they're actually doing something on the screen, which I think differs from a lot of other spy movies and stuff where they just kind of try to build tension by not doing anything. And no, don't do that. Keep Mm -hmm. doing do stuff. Damn it. And we get to watch people do stuff, which is great. But this show um, ran from 66 to 73. There's 177 episodes of this. And each of them are 50 or more minutes long because they didn't have that many commercials back then. They did not. Uh, You can find it on Amazon Prime. You can find it on CBS All Access. You can find it on Vudu or iTunes. And one of the fun things, and this kind of goes back to the Stephen Hill thing, you can find a lot of young, well, they're not young anymore, actors on this show. Um, So uh, just as a throwaway list that I made in pre-pro. Oh, don't throw it away. Ted's still here. Um, Hi, Ted. Leslie Ann Warren, Lee Merriweather, Larry Linville, William Shatner, Dana Elkar, Marianne Mobley, Vic Tabak, Burt frickin' Convy, Roger <laughs> McDowell, Dean Stockwell was unrecognizable, uh, George Takei, Eartha Kitt, Carol O'Connor, and Ricardo Montalban and his Corinthian leather cigars. Rich Corinthian leather I mean, cigars. If you like any of the Mission Impossible movies, you're going to like this because it's that's what it is. Only back in the 60s without the computer. I'm not going to say without the computer stuff. It did have the computer stuff, but it's 1960s computer stuff. Yes. So Barney, the tech guy, will come in with a punch card and put something in some in a computer bank the size of a wall. Exactly. I am, uh, I am, I am chronologically advantaged enough to have watched this in the initial run. And I love, this is like one of my favorite shows at at the time. Uh, Great show. Like you said, there's a lot of, uh, you have to think uh, not a lot, but a little bit while you're watching it, which is amazing for TV in the sixties. There's, there's enough action despite that. Uh, Yeah. Really good. To me, it declined some when, when Paris came on, because to me, he wasn't quite as compelling as, as Landau's character. But I'm glad you mentioned that about about Lupus, Peter Lupus, because he was very underrated because he was he was the muscle guy. Uh, But there were a few episodes here and there where they needed his brain to figure something out, which was always pleasing to see that he's he's not that he could act. He was he was quite good. He's I agree. He's very underrated. Greg Morris. I don't really know that he was underrated because I always thought he was excellent. But yeah, I mean, they were overshadowed. They were definitely overshadowed by Peter Graves because yeah. he was the star. That's kind of and, what I meant and, more with and, and, and Martin Landau. 
Now, I think probably a lot of people did under, underrate them because they weren't the stars. I mean, after all, it's 66. Greg Morris was the token black guy. He was. Yeah. Uh, but he was excellent. And he had things to do in each episode. He was important to the episode. Well, they all were, which is one of the things that made this show so good. It wasn't, oh, we got to be supporting roles for this star. I mean, it was pretty much a good, a strong ensemble piece, which was un unusual. Uh, and Peter, along with his brother, may, a lot of people uh, younger may not realize James Ernest, the star of Gunsmoke, that Peter Graves is his brother. So they were dominating. That I did not know. Yeah, they were dominating TV in this in the '60s quite a quite a bit. So, uh, and, and it's an iconic uh, theme song still is because they they've adapted it for the movies. Uh, Lalo Schifrin, thank you for that. It was like we used to play it in high school band, and it was always the number everyone liked to play the most. So along with Chicago's 25 or 6 or 4. But <laughs> an excellent, because I'm old, but an excellent, excellent TV show. I mean, I actually just watched an episode on, you know, some random free streaming service, like not literally three days ago. And it's one I'd not seen before, which was like interesting. Uh, and I'm Peter, I have not gotten through the whole thing. I am midway through season four. Yeah, it's, it's uh, and it's, to me, it's good all the way through. I mean, yeah. I, I've I seen seen some after, but I don't know specifically where they fell. I just yeah. The, the episode I happened to catch was they were they were on they were just going to go have a meet. They were just going to go have a fun meeting. They weren't really on a mission, and Peter Graves fell into some <laughs> weird, odd cult, and they had to come rescue him. And it was really well done. It was a very interesting, very interesting show. So yeah, definitely, like you said, you get your money's worth because they didn't have a lot of ads back then. So very cool show, very fun show and, and really good acting throughout. Very cool stuff. Yeah. The IMF, the impossible mission force. Tasty, tasty indeed. I watched uh, not all of it, just like you've not watched all of in the impossible mission force. Although you have a, you have an excuse because it ran for several years that the 177 uh, episodes, I think yours had 13. Yeah. yeah. Mine, had, mine had 13 and, and I've watched, <laughs> I've watched like six of them. So sorry. Uh, but at least mine's a little more recent. It's like pretty That's much true. everyone listening to this at least was born when this started. So this is from 2014. It's called Constantine. And I am not talking about the animated series because it came out a little bit later. And by the way, that's really good. But this may actually be better. Uh, stars Matt Ryan. And this is a DC Universe show, although it was on NBC as opposed to the CW. Maybe that's one reason why it was good. Um, it was a lot darker. It was a lot darker than oh, and it should be because this is about uh, someone who sold his soul, who is basically a demon hunter who is constantly battling the forces of hell. Uh, so yeah, that's a little bit darker than what DC usually delves in. Uh, really well written. Uh, Matt Ryan is excellent. He is one of the actors. We talk. We, we probably mentioned Charlie Cox every third show, right? The guy who played Daredevil Something on the like Netflix that. series, who is like the embodiment in like really, and as long he's, until he turns like 80, no one should play Daredevil other than Charlie Cox. Matt Ryan is the same thing for this character of Constantine. He's excellent. Absolutely excellent. I mean, I love David Tennant. I think he's one of the best actors going. He would be really good as Constantine. He would not be better than Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is yeah. great. 
absolutely great as the sardonic a-hole who kind of has a heart because he helps people and he almost kind of doesn't want to, but he does partly because he just wants to stick it to the man who is like the devil. Uh, so yeah, it's just so well done. And the effects are for a weekly TV show are excellent. They're, they're pretty raw and brutal considering that this was on NBC. Uh, Sadly, again, only 13 episodes. Sadly, they never went past that. It, it, uh, it does make me think of Hellstrom, which is pretty similar to, that's kind of like the Marvel version to some extent. Uh, and Although they, the character of Damon Hellstrom does predate Constantine. Yeah. But, but the thing is, nobody cares because Constantine is a much more interesting character. And, 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 and the way, oh, I know. And the way Hellstrom was done on Hulu? No. It just wasn't there. Uh, and it's not that it's bad, but if you want to see how to do a supernatural-based dark series, Constantine is it. I mean, my God, do not waste your time watching Hellstrom if that's the kind of thing you want to see because Hell Hellstrom's canceled already. Yeah, I mean, you know, Constantine is too. But in the case of Constantine, it's because NBC wasn't the right fit for it. And it's a shame that and some that other service didn't pick it up. Because it's excellent. There's a reason it didn't find its audience. I mean, I'm still stunned that Hannibal made it for three seasons on NBC. So more power to NBC for trying things that are just way too dark for network television. So I'm glad that they actually have tried that. Uh, if somehow Constantine comes back, it's like, oh my God, please have the original people involved especially please make sure it's Matt Ryan. Uh, one of the creators, David Escoyer. So yeah, Constantine is terrific. Absolutely terrific. And it's available on different streaming platforms. It's on prime, et cetera, et cetera. Now, if you're, if you're thinking I've seen that character played by Matt Ryan, he's on legends of tomorrow. You're right. That is the same character taken from the same show. However, yeah, they aerofied him. Yeah. Uh, they made him, that show has gotten too goofy and they've made the character silly and it does not work in my head. Yeah. They've emasculated uh, the character. They, uh, they did when they do the animation stuff, it is Matt Ryan doing the voice. Yes. As it should so, be. Yeah. I, it, and I know there are a lot of fans of the Constantine movie with Keanu Reeves, which I actually like a lot of people. But it's don't. Not Matt Ryan. Yeah, and it's it's not nearly as good as if if Matt Ryan had been Constantine in that movie, that would have been a big improvement in that movie. And I like Keanu Reeves, but it's just Matt Ryan is perfect in this role, absolutely perfect. So, I think that it that's one of the better TV shows of the past decade, and okay. I it, it's it's I think it's almost getting. It's not to the point of Firefly yet where, ooh, canceled after 13 shows and everyone riots. But there is a following of it where people are like, we need to bring this back because it was awesome. Yeah, it was. And yeah, it's it's not going to happen, but it would be great if it was. Yeah, it would be great, but it won't ever happen, sadly, because it's been six years. Of, um, ooh, I'm sorry. We're up to seven now. Seven years. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> But I, I, I watched another rather dark uh, entertainment. Also came out in 2014. 
And this is something I'd never heard of until this week. Hello. Uh, it's called Let Us, <laughs> Let Us Pray, P-R-E-Y. And this is a horror thriller, which was produced by a bunch of little companies. This is uh, came out in Great Britain. It's an Irish film, actually. So sorry, Lee, Ireland. Um, but... The, the premise is, is some guy gets hit by a car and they're trying to find the guy, but he's not there after he's hit by the car. So they haul in the kid who hit him uh, and charge him with whatever they can charge him with because there's no body. Well, then dude shows up at the police station later on. Dude, dude, dude knows things. Like he knows that everybody at that police station, including very pointedly the cops, have some kind of a dark secret. And when they come in contact with him or anything that he's touched, they, they have flashbacks to whatever their dark secret is. And these are dark, like bad secrets. So, yeah, things kind of go, go kind of haywire, like really bad haywire, uh, like lots of murders and gory stuff. Uh, so, and that's all I'm going to say because it's interesting how this all plays out because there are several twists and surprises throughout. It's not a mystery but there are fun surprises throughout. So bad stuff happens. And it happens very graphically, by the way. So if you don't like graphic stuff, do not watch Let Us Pray. If you do like graphic stuff, excellent use of practical effects. And judging on the production and and the uh, talent involved, it probably, they probably spent $87 making this movie. Doesn't look like it. It looks terrific. I'm just saying because I've never heard of the studio, never heard of the actors, nothing. Never heard of anybody involved with this. It's excellent. It's extremely well done. It looks terrific, it, you know, assuming you can stomach the things that happen on screen. But it's very compelling. It's very interesting figuring out who this person is. It's interesting to see character arcs that you don't expect. And there are more than a few of them where, oh, that's interesting. I didn't think that person was going to be doing this. Uh, in some cases, they're good. In some cases, they're bad. Uh, but very interesting. Totally worth watching. This is free on IMDb TV, which is a service of Prime since Amazon bought IMDb. So there is no reason not to watch it. Uh, but extremely good. Again, an Irish movie. And a lot of times in, in films filmed in Ireland with Irish talent. Sometimes it's hard to get through the accents, which to me is part of the fun of it. Not the case in this one. Uh, <laughs> apparently, they all worked diligently to make sure that American audiences could understand it, which is, I thank you very much for that. I appreciate that. But really good. Uh, definitely one of the better horror thrillers from that year. Probably one of the better horror thrillers from that decade, honestly. N again, never heard of it just kind of flipping through and it's like, oh, this looks like it might be good. Really good. Highly recommend Let Us Pray, P-R-E-Y. Yeah, you see, you found something that you hadn't seen this week and so did I. And fun, it's fun. the name. It's the name that got me because I thought, you know, I like it. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> I'm trying to look at, the, look at this because it was I, the first thing that caught my eye because it's a name and a subtitle. And the name caught me first. It's Dr. Sin. And I thought, that sounds sounds like a porn, actually. But, you know, <laughs> being picky, I suppose. Is it S-Y-N? 
S-Y-N. Ah, and then I went, well, maybe the Y could be a phallic thing, like, you know, uh, John Dillerman, but it's not. It's <laughs> Dr. Sin. And the subtitle, Alias the Scarecrow. And I went, ooh, that sounds like it's going to be a spy thriller. And it's already got some good names. That's kind of cool. Then I found out it has a completely separate title. The Scarecrow of Romney Marsh. And no, it's not Mitt Romney. It has nothing to do with Mitt Romney. I'm not sure Mitt Romney existed when this movie came out. Or, more accurately, when the book came out, because the book was written by Russell Thorndike in 18-something-something. I didn't find a date for it. Because it's not the movie. The movie was actually not even a movie. It's three episodes of Disney's Magical World of color. And if I just lost some of you on that, it's because this came out in 1963 when color TVs were new. And if that confuses you, it was black and white before that. They didn't have color TVs. So this is one of the first color movies for made for TV. Now, the story of the movie. Oh, yeah, there is a plot. Uh, basically, it's based on the allegedly based on the true story of a guy named Dr. Christopher Sin, who was a priest. Really? A priest named Sin. Sure, why not? Um, during the day, he was a priest, but at night, he was a Robin Hood-like smuggler in the south of England during the rule of uh, was it King George III, who was a lot like John Dillermond, only in the more metaphorical term, not in the long stripey bit. Anyway, the, the movie itself there, you watch this and you're going to go, I can see a lot of Batman in this. I can see a, there, there's some spy thriller things going on. There's some mission impossible stuff thrown in. It's actually a pretty good movie, but there are a few catches to it enough to make you maybe not even want to watch it. I'm going to start with the theme song. Because this was made by Disney in the 60s. And it's an action adventure, so it's got the male choir theme song. Which is going to get old the first time you hear it. <laughs> now, the DVD release, which is what I got of this, because I found it in a bargain bin, even though I think it's new, um, has some remarkably poor editing choices. And it's not during the show itself. The show itself was fine. The DVD editing, because like I said, it's three episodes of this show squished together. So the, did squished. they take out the closing credits and opening credits of the next show? No. They left that in. As well as the, here's what happened last week, and a few minutes of what happened last week, thrown in between the episodes. <laughs> you can cut out probably half an hour of this. If you just get rid of that crap and just for bonus points during the closing credits, you get to hear the theme song again and then immediately hear it again when the opening credits start. The, prep your that, fast forward button. That's not good. Um, and the, the chapter search. Yeah, that ain't going to work on this DVD. It's going to put you in the I skipped in episode two the first time through this. Oops go rewind so i watched it backwards first and it made so much more i'm kidding it, <laughs> the story itself is good 
it's if you can get back get past the opening and closing credits things then it's actually it's really good uh you can don't have to buy it on dvd you can get it on amazon prime i am not going to tell you you can watch it on youtube in 15 minute chunks because that's illegal don't do that yeah don't do it's that. not good for you but yeah dr sin alias the scarecrow actually a pretty good movie and it, you're wondering why didn't you mention any of the actors because patrick mcgoon is the only one i can think of that i knew going in and you know what he's the only one i knew now that the show is done did not know anybody else in this movie and i only know him from the prisoner the original one from whenever when did that come out 1970 something 60 66 67 something like that Apparently, according to IMDb, yeah, he says because he had it pulled up on another tab and forgot to switch over before he mentioned anything. <laughs> yeah, he plays Doctor Christopher Skin, alias the Scarecrow. It's a good movie, but brace yourself for that theme song. <laughs> you know. Anyway, that that actually is our show this week, and we have a theme song, but ours is better. So it there. Better. Um. And in case you hadn't noticed, the the I, I, I like the way this was phrased, the global bastard, you know, for COVID-19. It's the global bastard because we're tired of saying COVID-19. Uh, it still exists. Yes, it does. Even if you've gotten your first immunization shot, you can still catch it. Yes, you so can. Be careful. Stay home if you can. If you have to go out, wear a mask. But you know what? I am going to recommend that you just stay home and watch a movie. Captain, we're losing power in the warp engines. I think we should be leaving now. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Uh, and on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I am very disappointed. Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, eh, it's a living. And like that, he's gone. Hey, who turned out the lights?